Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hope Thesis Podcast. This is episode three. Um, I'm Susanna Metzler, your host, and I have with me here today a really good friend of mine, Hannah Heath. Hannah, how are you? Hello. I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be on this podcast. Awesome. Well, so glad you could join me today. Um, So I just wanted to ask you to introduce yourself. Um, So who are you and what do you do? Yes, so hello, uh, my name is Hannah Heath. I am an indie author of young adult Christian speculative fiction mostly, uh, but I also write some non-young adult and some science fiction. I'm the author specifically of The Torn Universe, which is an expanded universe of science fiction and fantasy short stories that contain such things as desert elves and Aztec-inspired vampires and sci-fi mermaids. I'm also the multimedia manager for the Phoenix Fiction Writers, which is an online marketing collective of a bunch of other amazing indie authors of science fiction and fantasy. And then, as if I didn't have enough going on, I'm also a college student (laughs) where I major in nutrition and also work as a disability advocate. Wow, you do so much. It's awesome. You're (laughs) such an inspiration. You have so much going on. Wow. Um, so you're a writer, and I wanted to focus on that um, from the get-go. Um, yeah. So when did you notice or decide that you wanted to be a writer? Yeah, so for me, it wasn't ever, I don't remember it being a conscious choice. Um, I just have always loved stories. Um, my parents would read books to me um, before I was kind of able to read myself. And then I just, I loved stories and I thought this seems like a really cool thing to do. So I like to say that I've been writing before I could spell because I've found short stories of mine where I like did not know how to spell basic words. Um, So I've been (laughs) writing ever since I can remember. My first short story was, or my first story was a um, terrible fan fiction of Lord of the Rings where it was like all the characters were horses and they were trying to destroy a magical horseshoe by throwing it into a boiling cauldron of water because that apparently is how that works so I would totally read that story (laughs) thank you Uh, so yeah I've just I went from there and I'm uh, happy to say that my writing my ideas have uh, improved quite a bit as has my spelling kind of oh believe me I think all of us writers have been there where we have really sucky stories from when we were like I don't know, 11 years old and half of the words are misspelled. Those are a lot of fun to look back. (laughs) Um, So where do you usually find inspiration or how do you get like really good ideas for a story or a writing project? Yeah, so mine, this is going to sound bad at first, but just hear me out. So I tend to get ideas when I'm watching movies Um, to be clear. I'm not stealing ideas from the movies that I'm watching, but there's something about sitting down to watch a movie um, and I think it's probably a combination of like the film score and all of the emotions and it kind of gets me thinking um, which is also unfortunate because then I'll be like space out and start thinking of this great story idea and then I'll look (laughs) up at the screen and like my favorite character's dead and I don't know what happens so it's (laughs) so it's it's one of the main ways that I get inspiration but also anything relating to water so that can be when I'm at the beach or taking a shower or washing dishes doesn't really matter Um, I think there's something about uh, just the sound of water that makes me uh, get inspired oh wow that's super interesting yeah I I'm definitely there with you with getting inspiration from movies I think that's where fandoms come in (laughs) like we're fans of like these amazing stories and so that like inspires us to write our own yeah really cool stuff So what genre do you write in the most and 
what are some common themes that you have in your stories and books? Yeah, so I mostly write fantasy. I have some sci-fi, um, but it's kind of more on the like space opera side of things, which is it's mostly just fantasy and space. Fantasy is my favorite genre, so that's what I tend to write. Um, as for themes, um, a lot of, well, I think the theme that you will find in literally every story I've ever written is um, persevering through and finding purpose in pain, whether that's physical pain or mental pain. Um, that's kind of a big one for me. And then also faith struggles. As somebody who writes Christian fiction, um, I always want to make room for having characters who do have faith struggles, because I think that often gets erased in Christian fiction and just in the Christian uh, community a lot of the times as well. So it's important for me to kind of showcase that because it's a very real thing um, that's important for me to kind of weave into my stories. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. So what do you find so important about storytelling in general? Um, and then like, what are some books and stories that have drawn you to write your own? Yeah, so what I find really important in storytelling and something that I try to put in all my stories and that I've found are in basically all of my favorite books and movies is um, honesty and representation. And what I mean by that is telling stories that are truthful and honest, even if the truth isn't always pretty, because I think that's really powerful. Um, yeah. As a kid, um, I became disabled at the age of 12. And so I would read all of these stories and I would not see myself represented in that. Both I wouldn't see myself represented because there weren't a lot of disabled characters, but I also just wouldn't see my overall life represented. Like all of these stories would always end with things magically being better for the protagonist. And I would think that's not how that works. I don't think like I've yet to see that completely work out for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's really important to tell stories so that people can see themselves reflected in it and draw strength from that um, reflection. So either that's through like showing characters struggling with their faith or disabled characters triumphing as heroes in a story. Um, anything like that's really important to me. Um, so as such, I think, let's see. I think the story that kind of encapsulates that the most, and I know that you love the story as well, is um, A Monster Calls mm, by yes. Patrick Ness. Uh, beautiful. It has some really great like representation of like grief and illness, and then also is just really brutally honest and just gorgeous. Um, so I think that's probably one of my favorite um, in that respect. And then I'm suddenly like blanking on all of my other favorite stories. Uh, I love Harry Potter. Um, because that one also does kind of grapple with some really interesting questions, but it does it in a way that's like kind of whimsical, which I appreciate because, yeah. you know, you don't always have to be dark, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. And then I'm looking around my room, but all of my books are back up at college. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's so important to include, like, I know some a lot of different stories, like, focus on just mainstream struggles like oh I want to save this person because I love this person or we're fighting <laughs> to save the world but you want to write for your readers too like who they are as a person so I think what you're doing um with like um targeting that specifically in your writing is really important and kudos to you for that just like writing about like really hard but important topics so that's really cool um yeah, so do you have any published works? Yes, um, I have seven currently. 
So four are my own. So three of them are short stories within the Terebinth Tree Chronicles series. And then one is a standalone called Skies of Dripping Gold. Um, And then I have three in Phoenix Fiction Writers anthologies. So I have Vengeance Hunter in our anti-heroes anthology, and This Pain Inside in Strange Waters, and Mistakes Were Made in Of Myth and Monsters. So (laughs) got a lot going on there. That's awesome. Yes, I love all of your stories. Skies of Dripping Gold was definitely one of my favorites. And then I think the last one that I read by you was um, The Myth and Monsters Story. What was it called again? Mistakes Were Made? Mistakes Were Made. Yes, (laughs) I think that was... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but was that like your first time like delving into comedy? Because it was definitely more funny than some of your other stories. And that was really cool. It was. Yeah, I've written comedic stories before, but I've never published them. So this was my first time like writing something and saying, all right, I'm going to actually publish this, Um, which scared me because all of my other stories, you're right, are a little bit more serious and dark. And while there can be some funny one-liners, they're not funny stories. Mm. (laughs) Um, Of Myth and Monster, or not Myth, uh, Mistakes Were Made definitely was. And I thought, I think this is funny, but (laughs) what if nobody else laughs? Like, you know, that concept of making a joke and then everybody just stares at you and you're like, oh, (laughs) no, mistakes were made. So (laughs) There you go. That's awesome. Let's see, do you have any future projects that you're currently planning on or anything that is a work in progress that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I have two. Um, One, going off of what we just talked about, Mistakes Were Made is kind of a prequel short story to a longer novel that I'm writing. And so that's kind of like a comedic space opera book called uh, So I Accidentally Killed the Chosen One, um, which the first three chapters are on Wattpad, Wattpad, um, and it's about this like recent college graduate who's gotten in some trouble with the law and as she's on the run she accidentally kills the chosen one of her galaxy um and then as it turns out her chosen one is also her doppelganger so he has she has the terrible idea to assume the disguise of this chosen one because hey she looks just like her um she can totally be the chosen one of the galaxy so she tries to do that in an attempt to uh get away from the lawmakers that she's gotten in bad with um which as you can imagine she does not have chosen one still skill sets it's not a good idea and so then <laughs> shenanigans ensue <laughs> that sounds amazing yeah i've read the first few chapters on wattpad and they are so much fun by the way um she's listing books and links so i'm gonna drop that in the um details for this podcast episode so you guys can like easily click your way over there and read those chapters because they're definitely worth reading they're so much fun (laughs) thank you the and then the second one that I'm currently working on and I hope to have published in the summer is my fourth Terebinth Tree Chronicles short story Um, very different tone from the one I just talked about um, but it's a story about an assassin uh, with anxiety and so he's kind of dealing with all of these uh, mental health problems while also trying to kind of hold down this job so that he can take care of his sister and also like his family who he's providing for. Um, so he's kind of not in a very good situation for a lot of reasons. And um, it's been a really interesting story and I'm kind of uh, wrapping it up right now. Oh, sweet. So we'll get to hear more about that pretty soon. Yes, I'm hoping to kind of announce the blurb sometime around, I don't want to overpromise, so I'm just going to say June and push it way back. Maybe sooner than that, but June, yeah. Okay, that's so cool. I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, what important themes do you bring up in writing? I know you've talked about this a little bit. Yes, yes. So um, I can kind of expand a little bit. So the persevering through um, pain and difficulties is really important for me. And not only persevering, but kind of like finding purpose and fulfillment in it. I think oftentimes stories, they have this idea that your character has to, um, like they have to fix the pain that they're in. They have to like get out of it somehow in order for them to lead fulfilling lives. Um, and that personally has not been my experience as somebody like with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to write stories of characters who, you know, they are struggling against their pain, but then they're still able to find ways to live their lives in meaningful ways. And so it's kind of uh, this really interesting theme of perseverance that I like to pursue. Um, and then also kind of along with that is faith struggles. Um, and not always wrapping it up nicely either, because I think too, um, that theme, the way it tends to go in Christian fiction anyway, is, you know, you have the Christian or non-Christian, they're struggling with their faith, but then like something amazing happens and then like they're fixed <laughs> mm. and everything is beautiful again. And I think, um, oftentimes faith struggles kind of, uh, move up and down. They don't always completely go away. Um, and so I like kind of showcasing that theme in my stories of having questions and struggling with your faith um, and then kind of finding a way to make peace with that and move forward, which doesn't always mean that you found a perfect answer, but it means that you've decided that the struggle's worth it. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a theme that pops up a lot, pops up a lot in my writing as well. Okay. That's really cool. And that's like a much more realistic twist on a lot of mainstream stories where the character is in a bad position and then something happens and they're 100% good afterwards. So I really like that, you know, you're, you're taking a more realistic approach to that. And that's really important, I think. So that's awesome. Um, Kind of switching gears a little bit here. um, This being called hope thesis, I wanted to talk about hope as a theme a little bit um, and then ask you some questions about that. So the term hope is really broad without context to apply it to. So my first question on this for you is what do you think of when you hear the word hope? Yes, I love this question. This was something that I delved into a lot in um, This Pain Inside, one of my more recent publications. Um, So to me, when I think about hope, it's this concept of believing that things will work out even if you don't have any evidence that it will. Um, And I specifically use the phrase work out and not like fix or be okay, um, because I found that um, thinking things will like be okay is not, things don't always work out the way that we expect them to. Um, Sometimes they don't always work out at all. Um, So I think hope is kind of this understanding that things might not not turn out the way you want them to. They might not be fixed, um, but you still believe that that's going to somehow resolve in a way that works out more or less mm-hmm. um, and just kind of clinging to that even when there is kind of nothing pointing you towards uh, there's no evidence that would tell you that that's like the correct thing to be holding on to but you just know it's like this feeling deep inside you that you know you believe that things are going to be okay or work out I should say yeah that's a really really good description of it um, so when it comes to what we create we can choose which themes and messages permeate our work. Um, sometimes they're there innately, it's just part of the story and you don't like try to weave it in. Sometimes they're intentionally weaved into the story. 
um, and whatever we're working on. So kind of going off of that, how would you say that you explore the theme of hope specifically or relate to it in your writing? Yeah, so I always, um, I write my stories with themes in mind specifically, um, which I know people say, you're not supposed to do that. Um, I do it anyway, because themes are really <laughs> important to me. <laughs> um, so for me, I kind of like to put hope in stories, um, or I guess how it relates to my writing is exploring how hope isn't always pretty or easy, um, and that there's a very strong, like, bittersweet side to hope. Um, I think oftentimes we have these characters who are, like, very optimistic about things, and so that, and that is definitely a very valid side of hope, and it's really important. Um, not everybody has that. So, like, I, for instance, I'm, I'm sure this is coming across in this podcast. <laughs> I'm a relatively cynical person, um, so... I think that in my stories, I like to put that in and show that hope isn't always, um, it's hard. It's really hard to have hope, especially if you keep hoping that things are going to get better and then they don't. And then you keep thinking, okay, well, I'm going to adjust my expectations and hope, and then this is going to work out and then it doesn't. And then <laughs> it's just around and around and it gets really difficult. And so I like in my stories to show that um, hope is less about the end game, it's not about ending up somewhere good, it's about getting there. Um, it's about how you conduct yourself as you're trying to find hope and as you're trying to um, like hold on to it and keep it with you. And you know, sometimes the characters fail, sometimes they don't. Um, they let go of it and they lose it, but then they can get it back. And so that is another theme that I like to show. Just because you've lost hope doesn't mean that you can't regain it in some point. Um, and that there's no shame in having lost it. And sometimes you have to get help from, you know, other characters or in real life, you have to get help from friends or whatever. Um, and that's kind of just how hope goes. It's something that sometimes you can lose inside of yourself, but it's still there. And so you have to get just, just keep going and keep looking for it. Okay. Wow. That was really cool. Um, you said that as if like, we all have hope, like within us. It takes like that extra strength and faith to like notice it and then keep working towards the goal. Yeah, that was really beautifully put. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so how would you say that the storylines or characters in your books and writing projects display a picture of hope specifically? If you want to like talk about your actual stories or characters. Yeah, so I guess I referenced this pain inside, so I'll kind of mention that one because I think that has the strongest theme. And I think I actually explicitly use the word hope in the climax. Um, I don't know that I use the word hope in any of my other stories, um, even though it's there, but this was the most explicit story that had that. Um, so this character starts out, um, this was a very much of an own voices story. So this character was very much like based off of me and my experiences. So there was a character with chronic pain um, and she's convinced um, that she cannot have any, she can't have a life worth living unless she's able to rid herself of her physical pain. Um, so she's very broken and she thinks like, this is not gonna get better. The only way that I can fix myself is if I can fix my body. Mm -hmm. um, and so she doesn't have hope outside of that external goal. Um, and so as the story progresses, she starts realizing that's not actually how this works. Um, there's different types of brokenness. There's like brokenness of the body and then of the mind. Um, there's external brokenness like in the world around you and then internal within your soul. Um, and so for her, the concept of hope was that she can find fulfillment in her life through internal healing, not through 
you know, healing of her body or healing of the world around her, but healing of what was inside of her. Um, and so it was her kind of rebuilding this belief that things were going to work out because she was going to be able to find a way to live her life, um, even with the pain that she had. Um, and so that kind of I have in a lot of my stories. I like to start characters out with kind of from a place of brokenness. Um, and then they kind of find a way to rebuild that inside of themselves. Um, and that usually they find hope in places that they weren't originally expecting in. Because I think a lot of times we have this idea of like, this is this is where I want to be. And so if I have hope, that's where I'm going to end up. Um, but that unfortunately is very rarely, or maybe mm. fortunately is very rarely how it works. We very rarely end up where we think we want to be, but we end up where we need to be. So learning that hope is less about like hoping for an external goal and just hoping um, for healing on the inside. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of like detaching yourself from the physical world and your physical being and like focusing on your soul and like it takes a different it takes a different like mindset, I would think, to like um, try and do that or a different kind of strength. It does. Um, yeah. And I think it's very biblical, too. Like the Bible never promises those very specific types of healings, but it does say like your salvation is for your soul. Um, yeah. And so I think that's kind of something that I, I like to show and I like to read too, um, kind of this idea of hope being for your soul and not necessarily for other um, aspects of life, which it's okay to have hopes for those. And I think it's important, um, but specifically reserving like that strongest core hope for hope of salvation and hope for something better to come. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Hope is more of a spiritual thing in that regard. And that kind of like defines how you hope for other things or like where you put your hope in. Um, so kind of changing gears a little bit, um, I talk about, um, I want to talk about truth a little bit too, mm -hmm. and how it like kind of relates to hope. So I think we as creatives, in a way, we're responsible for shedding light on the truth and a lot of the time like as you said earlier the truth is often hard to accept but I wanted to tie into the discussion of hope because I think it's a good idea to spread the truth about a particular theme with a message and theme of hope what are your thoughts on the idea of truth in the world today uh, more specifically in the media and in creative forms of pop culture like mo books movies and music yeah, so I see this, there are two sides of this, I think. I see it in, like, secular, um, like, creative mediums. We have this idea of, like, truth is what you want it to be. Um, and I think that's very dangerous um, because it leads to all sorts of problems and all sorts of brokenness because if truth is what you want it to be, the truth is people don't really know what's good for them. And a lot of people honestly don't even know what they want. <laughs> so if you tell them truth can be what you want it to be, but then if they don't have any kind of grounding for their soul, like that's just going to leave them kind of floating out there and it's just going to end in some bad places. Um, so that's a problem. But then when I look at Christian fiction, I see an opposite problem of people being convinced that they know the right answers to everything. And I think even within Christianity, um, we know the answers to the thing is like capital T, like we know <laughs> about salvation and Jesus um, and that truth. 
Um, but sometimes Christian fiction can go overboard of like, this is the exact answer to all of these problems these characters are facing um, or to like whatever the medium is of having like a very specific answer to all of these questions. Um, and I think that's not particularly truthful either. Um, so I think the concept of truth or the idea of truth um, has been skewed in both directions. So I think it's important to kind of recenter it and show that um, the truth is we as human beings don't always really know what's best for us. We don't always, or actually we very rarely have answers for everything. Um, and so in fiction, I wish that there was kind of a little bit more emphasis placed on asking questions and realizing that sometimes we can't always find the answers to them. Um, because the truth is the world's really messy um, and it doesn't really work out the way we want it to and it's painful, um, but it's also beautiful as well and just has all sorts of really cool things. And so I think truth in fiction would be kind of showing both sides to the coin of um, the world's messed up and hard and it breaks you, but also it's beautiful and there's so many reasons um, that life is worth living and there's this beautiful hope of salvation there at the end. Um, so that was a very long answer to that question, yeah. but it's but a really, really good answer. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Um, in your book, what is a truth that you reveal that is not often easily accepted or considered? Yeah, so I think being a Christian or being a believer or having faith um, or even doing your absolute hardest to do the right thing doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. Um, and it doesn't even mean that it, it definitely doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way that you were wanting it to be. Um, so I like to kind of center the fact that God isn't just some magician that blesses you with wealth and health and an easy life because you're following him. Um, that was never promised in the Bible. Um, and so I like to kind of show that the truth is that life isn't always fair and you can't be centering your um, personality or your life choices around what you think is fair. Because I think oftentimes people become very bitter. They think, this is not what I signed up for. Um, I thought my life was going to be easier because I did this, because I did the right thing, because I have um, this faith or this religion. And I think that means that we are placing our truth in the wrong thing. The truth is that we are promised salvation at the end, and that's amazing and should be enough. Um, but it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to bank your entire life on something that we can't even fully conceptualize. And so the truth is that life is going to be very difficult with pockets of just beautiful brilliance in between, but it's going to be rough. Um, and so that's kind of a truth that I think a lot of people don't like to hear. Um, people like being told that if they do a certain amount, if they do, if they just do these things, <laughs> things will turn out okay, that they're going to get that big house or that great job or whatever. Um, but that's not true. And so that's kind of a truth that I like to focus on of uh, we have the truth of salvation and that's it. Nothing else is promised. And we just have to keep working because it's the right thing to do, not because we're hoping to get some type of material gain from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If only there was a step-by-step -step instructions on how to get to a certain goal, because my mind likes that. It, yeah, that was <laughs> literally the exact premise of Skies of Dripping Gold, of this, um, this cliff 
um, an elevator that supposedly takes you up to paradise. Um, and then my main character, Gabriel, thought, you know, well, the elevator goes up for people who have faith. I don't want that. I'm just going to climb the cliff. Like, that's how you, like, climb the cliff, get up to the top. That's salvation. I can do it on my own. Um, and that's often how I wish it was, too. I'm like, man, if this was just, like, something I could fight for <laughs> or climb, it would be so much easier. But the truth is, like, the world isn't that easy. And it's hard, but I think it makes it more worth it in the end. Yeah. And that is, um, I feel like we all tend to think that um, our hope and certain goals can only come about by our works. And so we put our strength into what we ourselves can do. But th that's like the opposite of salvation. We um, <laughs> are saved by Christ and he has paid for our sins. So there's nothing that we can do to earn it and he already paid the price so yeah yeah exactly so kind of changing gears again kind of moving on I want to talk about the coronavirus a little bit all right a kind of touchy subject but I wanted to ask you how COVID has impacted you specifically as a creative um I know it's all impacted everybody mental health wise as well as just day-by-day day routine. Um, it took me a while personally to adjust to the new dynamic and everything. Um, so when the first round of lockdown happens and kind of going into the summer, did you embrace all the time that was opened up to you? Like, did you see the quarantine as an opportunity to focus on your creative pursuits or was it hard staying productive, um, undergoing such a drastic change in your social life and the overall new climate? Yeah, so uh, this is going to sound sad maybe, but the social change was not really drastic for me at all. Um, <laughs> as as an introvert and then also as a disabled person, I'm used to not really always being able to go out when I feel like it. And honestly, very rarely do I feel like it to begin with. So like it's mostly fine anyway. <laughs> so I mostly just go to school and go to work and then go to bed because I'm so exhausted. Um, so with lockdown... Um, and I have to choose my words wisely here because I don't mean this in an insensitive way, but lockdown was really, I was excited. Like, it was good for me. Um, I realize it's been terrible for a lot of people, and I'm truly sorry for that. But for me personally, um, it gave me a bit of a break. Um, it didn't necessarily give me more time, um, I wouldn't say. But because of the online environment, I found that suddenly my classes and my research work and my job were all much more accessible to me. Um, and so I had more energy and I was really excited because I'm generally so tired um, that pre-COVID I would carve out at least one hour on Sunday to write, but I would get, I would be so tired and in so much pain that by the time I got to Sunday and I'd sit down to write and it wasn't always enjoyable. And so I would make myself write and I would still do it and I'd still like be glad that I did, but it was kind of grueling, honestly. Um, but with COVID, because I because of the increase in accessibility with the online environment, I suddenly had more um, energy. And so I was less tired and I got to kind of enjoy my writing sessions a little bit more. Um, and so that was kind of uh, a really cool experience and continues to be a good experience for me. Okay, that's awesome. That's really good to hear. Yeah, for sure. It's been awesome for me personally, just um, adapting to basically life online with work and classes and all that. Although my work is not online, 
but yeah, it's true. Everything is so much more accessible. And because of that, we have more time to do, um, try out new hobbies, new things and work on things that, you know, we wouldn't otherwise have time for. So that's really cool. Um, well, awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. So, um, just wrapping up, um, I wanted to ask you for the sake of our friends listening, where can we find you online, social media, blogs, YouTube, and all that? Yes. So online kind of your best bet. Well, actually you can just type in Hannah Heath on Google and all the things will pop up. Nice. But <laughs> the easiest way would be going to hannahheathwriter.com. Um, and on there you can find links to all of my social medias as well as my blog. Um, but the social medias I'm most active on are Twitter where my handles at underscore Hannah Heath and also Instagram where I'm Hannah Heath author. Um, and then I also am on YouTube where it's just uh, youtube.com forward slash Hannah Heath. And I write about, or not write about, I talk about um, character tropes and uh, weird things in my favorite stories or weird things in my least favorite stories and just kind of do a breakdown of those. Um, it's a lot of fun. So you can find me all those places. I'm always excited to talk to like fellow creatives, um, be you a writer or not. So come say hi. Yes. And I'm going to drop the although. You- as she said, you can just Google her and everything will pop up. But I'm also going to include links to her blog directly in YouTube, um, as well as the Phoenix Fiction Writers. Thank um, you. So you can check out our stuff there, too, and that really cool group of writers. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and allowing me to pick your brain and host you on my podcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, And thank you all guys for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast episode and yeah, go over and check out Hannah Heath. Um, And that's it. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.